0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Christ Family Church Podcast. We are so glad that you've made the decision to take time out of your day to join us virtually. Whether you're at home right now or listening on your way to work, we hope that you enjoy this week's teaching from our Youth and Connections Director, Spencer Connor. We are so glad that you have chosen to meet with us today today we get this chance to gather as a family, as a community, um, to worship and to learn God's truth that we might live it and to grow further as followers of Jesus. My name is Spencer Connor. I'm the Youth and Connections Director here at Christ's Family. Um, Obviously, I'm not Pastor Zachary, um, but I have the privilege of filling in for Pastor Zachary. Um, He has been enjoying the newest addition to his family. We're so grateful for all the babies uh, here. Um, and so I would just ask that you continue to be in prayer over the Fraley's, over the Saltos um, this week. And so uh, with that in mind, would you uh, just pray with me as we open up God's word um, and get ready for this message? God, we love you. Thank you so much for today. Father, I pray that You would be present in this time. I pray, Lord, that your words would go forth, for your words never return void. I pray, Lord, that I would merely be a vessel for your word, um, and I pray that you'd be glorified in this time together. Thank you so much for all that you have given us and for the invitation to know you, to be with you, to be in relationship with you, and to be loved by you. We pray these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So a few weeks ago, we jumped into a brand new series here at Christ Family Church. Um, And not just a series, uh, really, but I believe um, it's more than just a series. I believe it's actually a movement um, that has started within our church. Um, Not just this sermon series, but also the daily prayer booklets that you have been utilizing this month, as well as the 24 hours of prayer that we've been pursuing as a family every Wednesday in October. Um, And it's a series, it's a movement um, that is called 31 Days of Prayer. And what I can tell you is that this movement of prayer within our church um, has been brought to us um, by Pastor Zachary and Blair Out of a deep sense of awareness that what our church and what our community, what the Quad Cities, what our nation and what our world need more than anything, particularly in this moment in time, is a deep bedrock level connection with God Almighty that comes through prayer. And so I just want to express my gratitude for that. That is something that I, as an individual, as a millennial, as a husband, and as a father, that is something that I am so grateful for, to be a part of a church um, under the leadership of a pastor who cares so deeply about prayer. And so I just want to take a moment and express that gratitude to Pastor Zachary and Blair on behalf of myself. And And also on behalf of our whole church, we are so blessed to have leaders like them who care so deeply about prayer. Can we just, as a church, give them a round of applause? I know they're not here, but let's just celebrate them. Thank you so much, Pastor Zachary and Blair. We're so blessed to have leaders like them who care so deeply about prayer. And not just prayer but also this larger effort that's been going on in our church under their leadership since before I even got here um, at returning as a church to the spiritual disciplines and practices of Jesus. The spiritual disciplines and practices of Jesus, of which prayer is a part. You've probably noticed by now that for months um, at this point, Pastor Zachary has been referencing the spiritual disciplines or the practices of Jesus in his sermons, in the family group materials that he and Blair um, have put together. Um, He references them in one-on-one conversations that I'm sure he's had with many of you. Practices like prayer and Sabbath and fasting and silence and solitude. And he's been referencing these spiritual disciplines, these practices of Jesus and leading our church toward them because he cares so deeply about them. And he believes just as I believe and just as the staff here at Christ's Family also believes that a call to be a disciple or a follower of Jesus doesn't just mean to believe what Jesus said, But it also means to live like Jesus lived, to literally become like Jesus and to do as Jesus said, and to take my yoke or my way of living, as some have translated it, upon yourselves and learn from me, as he says in Matthew chapter 11. So he's been referencing all these spiritual disciplines, these practices, because he believes that a call to be a disciple is a call to live like Jesus, as well as to believe what Jesus said. But he's also been referencing the spiritual disciplines of Jesus, the practices of Jesus, the lifestyle of Jesus, and leading our church toward them because of something that I want to talk to you about this morning. And what I want to talk to you about this morning, I'm actually really, really excited for this part, okay? But what I want to talk to you about this morning are pickles. Now, I know it may seem like a joke, okay? I promise it's not. Um, Just bear with me for a second, okay? Let me get my youth pastor out for a little bit. But what I want to talk to you about this morning are pickles, I want to talk to you about pickles this morning. Now, I can't stand pickles, okay? My wife, she hates this. She loves pickles. And so every time I'm like, pickles are disgusting, she's like, you're wrong. You're, you're just absolutely wrong. Pickles, pickles are the most delicious thing in the world. And I'm like, I'm sorry, babe. I have to admit, pickles are actually quite disgusting. Um, but regardless of that, I want to talk to you about pickles this morning. Because even though I think they taste disgusting. They're actually pretty incredible, if you think about it. They're actually pretty incredible. Not because they taste good. Sorry if you're an avid pickle lover. I apologize. I just have to respectfully disagree. But pickles are amazing not because I think they taste good, not because they're particularly beautiful things. I mean, they're kind of ugly. Um, and not because they come in sweet or dill flavors. Um, no, what what I want to talk about this morning about pickles is that they're amazing because they don't actually start off as pickles, do they? Can anyone tell me what a pickle starts off as? Anyone? Throw it. Cucumbers, right? Congratulations. You all passed the test. You all get a gold star. Go find Pastor Ron. He will be sure to get you a gold star this morning. Um, but before a pickle is a pickle, it's actually a cucumber. It's actually a cucumber. It's a vegetable that is about 96% made up of water. It's slightly flavorless. Um, Nothing really too special about them. And before a pickle is a pickle, it goes through this process. Now, I'm gonna pause here. I'm gonna tell you a short story. Every single summer when I was growing up, I always hated this particular week in either June or July when my mom would make sweet pickles, okay? I hated it because I hate pickles, right? Um, But she would get all of the ingredients ready. She would chop up cucumbers. She would put them through this process. And at the end of it, we'd always had this day where we would be like canning pickles and the house would reek. It would like almost make me gag. I would be like, mom, I got to get out of the house. I got to get some fresh air. I can't breathe in this apartment with all this pickle smell going on. But every every single year, she would make sweet pickles. And in the case of her recipe to make pickles, she would put cucumbers through this process that was 10 days long. And it was a process of soaking. First thing that she would do, she would chop all of her cucumbers up and then she would dump all of the cucumbers into these five gallon buckets full of salt water. And they would sit there for eight days in buckets of salt water. Then after eight days was passed, she would empty the bucket, she would dry off the pickles, and then they would go back in the bucket to soak in a solution of alum water, which I'm told is what makes them crunchy. But altogether, these cucumbers that my mom would make every single summer would go through this process 10 days before they were boiled and canned and then given out to our friends and family. They would go through this process of soaking I want to say it another way before pickles become what they are, full of flavor and crunch, they go through a process of just sitting there in a bucket filled with salt water and flavor and taking in and absorbing the ingredients that they have been submerged in. They sit there in the bucket and they wait and they wait. And they wait, and they wait. As slowly, these things called cucumbers are transformed from watery, slightly flavorless vegetables into rich, slightly tangy, and crunchy snacks. Jesus would refer to it as abiding. See, there came this moment in John 15 where Jesus has reached a point in his life and ministry where his death and resurrection are now imminent. It's no longer way off in the distance. It's no longer something that he's just mentioned in passing to his disciples. He is at a point in his life and ministry where his death and his resurrection are Imminent. And he comes to this moment where he is giving what a lot of scholars believe are his last words to his disciples before he goes to the cross. And he speaks to his disciples. And while he wasn't talking about pickles, he was talking about grapes and grapevines, which were found in vineyards, which surrounded Judea, which is, uh, which is where they were at this moment in the Gospels. And he's speaking to his disciples right before he goes to the cross. And he says this in John chapter 15, verses four and five. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Very similarly to the process of making pickles, Jesus was calling his disciples to abide. He was explaining to his disciples that if these men had any hope, any hope, of bearing fruit, if these guys had any hope of becoming like him, which in the Bible is the telltale sign of whether or not someone is actually a follower of Jesus. He's explaining to them if they had any hope of doing that, if they had any hope of bearing fruit, things like love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control as Paul lays out for us in Galatians 5. If these cucumbers had any hope of becoming Pickles, if these disciples had any hope of reflecting him to the world, then they needed to spend time soaking in his presence. Jesus understood that if his followers were ever going to end up in a position where when folks looked at them, they saw him, they needed to spend time soaking in his presence through prayer and practicing the Sabbath and intentional rest and fasting and seeking silence and solitude through which they would encounter his presence. And church, in the same way, we need to understand that if we have any hope of ever living God's truth and growing followers of Jesus, if we have any hope of being reflections of our Lord in the Quad Cities, then we have to abide in Him. And it's not a bet we're taking here. It's not a bet that we're taking when we decide to abide in Jesus. We don't abide in Jesus because we think that if we abide in Him through the spiritual disciplines of our Lord, that we might end up like Him. We don't take up the yoke of Jesus' lifestyle because His practices have a 75% success rate. No, we... We do so. We take up the yoke of Jesus' lifestyle. We take up the spiritual disciplines of Jesus himself. Because just as eight days of soaking in salt water and two days of soaking in alum water, just as following any pickle-making recipe is guaranteed to turn a cucumber into a pickle, so too will taking up the lifestyle and the practices of Jesus himself turn us into little Christs as they were referred to in the first century or reflections of Jesus or carriers of his presence here on earth and representatives of his grace and love to the world, particularly here in the Quad Cities. We're not making a bet on Jesus when we take up his lifestyle. We're doing so because it is guaranteed to make us more like Jesus. Um, I've told people about this before in one-on-one conversations. I've even alluded to this in um, writings I've done here, in sermons that I've done here. Um, But but who I am, just as sinful, broken Spencer, my, my nature just as a person, is to be very impatient. It's certainly not something that I'm proud of. It's it's definitely a bad habit. It's something that I'm continually working through with the Holy Spirit in the process of sanctification. But but my nature, just as a person, is to struggle with impatience and short-temperedness. And most of you also know by now that about 10 months ago, my wife and I gave birth to our first daughter, whose name is Charlie. Now, last time I was up here, I had a picture of my girl, and this is another picture of her. Um, She's got guacamole all over her face, I promise. That's not poop. Um, But she loves avocado. Like, we go to a restaurant, and we're like, can we just get some slices of avocados? And she goes nuts, okay? But this is my daughter, Charlie. Um, She's about to turn 11 months old, and we love her so, so much. Ten months ago, uh, we gave birth to her, but let's be honest, we know who did all the work there. Beth, you're amazing. Uh, love you so much. Uh, but ten months ago, my wife gave birth to Charlie, and since then, things in our life, you can probably imagine, have been interesting. Go ask Pastor Zachary. He's uh, he's getting a little bit of a taste of that, too. Um, but our lives have been interesting, because, you know, here's, here's what she did, okay? You see that cute face? Don't let that cute face fill you, okay? She tricked us, okay? She tricked her poor mom and dad, all right? Because, see, what she did is she slept amazing for four months, okay? Brought her home from the hospital. I mean, she was a machine, okay? We'd swaddle her up, give her the bottle, sing her the song, read her the book, out like a light, down the whole night. We're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. We've got this parenting thing down. This is easy, She tricked us. She got us to get our guard down, to think everything was great. Then she hit the uh, the four-month sleep regression. (laughs) And I'm not kidding, church. For five months straight, this kid was up. Am I exaggerating, Beth? Five to six times a night. And every time she was up, it was at least a half hour long. Sometimes it'd be an hour long. And on really, really bad nights, it would be at least two hours long whenever she would wake up in the middle of the night. I was like a zombie. I was like saying stuff that didn't even make sense. And Beth was like, babe, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know, honey. I'm just exhausted right now. Let's just get through this and get her to sleep. But for five months straight, she was up five to six times a night. Let me tell you, it took its toll. We were exhausted. But specifically, what ended up happening during all of those five months is that that sinful and broken nature of mine that leans towards impatience and short-temperedness started making its way more and more to the surface of my everyday life. I had to apologize to my wife more times than I can count. I had to ask her forgiveness more times than I can count. I had to repent more times than I can count. But my sinful nature started coming more and more to the surface. And I would sit there and be like, man, this is just not not normally me. Like normally I'm able to, to recover a little bit better. Normally I'm able to you know, to calm myself down a little bit. But, but man, I'm just, I'm just so frustrated and so impatient during all of this. Certainly I was exhausted. Certainly I was losing sleep. But then one day it hit me like a ton of bricks that somewhere along the line, not only was I losing sleep, but somewhere along the line, I had stopped spending daily time with Jesus in prayer, in his word through intentionally resting and in the other spiritual disciplines of Jesus, I stopped abiding and it was brought to the surface just how much I needed to be. I have witnessed and I have experienced the effect of soaking in the presence of Jesus. And I have experienced and witnessed the effect of refusing to do so. And every time I'm brought right back here to John 15. And I'm reminded of this phrase. Can we bring that verse back up on the screen? I'm reminded of this phrase when Jesus said to his disciples, whoever abides in me, whoever spends time with me, practicing the spiritual disciplines, soaking in my presence, being with me, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. The NIV would say it this way, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. You will. Church, the spiritual disciplines are weird. They just are. They are counter-cultural to our nature. They're meant to transform us, not conform us. They're weird. They're uncomfortable. Sitting in silence and solitude can be uncomfortable. Fasting can be rough, especially when Hawaiian bros just opened right down the street. one ever had their pineapple dole whip? My Lord, God is good. <laughs> Prolonged prayer, even for 24 hours, as is the case this month, during Wednesdays when we do our 24 hours of prayer, but prolonged prayer can be awkward. But they work. Jesus practiced them, and we have seen, we have tasted the result of that in his own life. Jesus practiced them, and so did much of the church which followed down through church history, and they have proven themselves. To turn cucumbers into pickles, to turn normal, ordinary, broken people into powerful, vibrant, deeply connected to God, disciples of Jesus every single time. And I believe, just as Pastor Zachary believes, just as Blair believes, that if we as a church, as if we as a community will give ourselves over. To them. If we will take up the yoke of Jesus' lifestyle and his practices, then we too will stand to witness the transformative power of the Holy Spirit that comes through continually and quietly sitting at the feet of Jesus and taking in his presence. There is a reason why in Luke chapter 10, Jesus remarked of Mary that contrary to the busyness of her sister she had chosen the good portion by sitting at the Lord's feet and listening to his teaching and it's because Jesus knew that sitting at his feet is the best seat in the house if you want to be transformed because Jesus understood that sitting at his feet is the best place to be if you ever have a hope of looking like him it's because Jesus understood that learning from him being with him being in relationship with him daily is guaranteed to transform our lives to look more like his When we take up these practices, when we soak in his presence, we will be made like him. Sure, it'll take time. It's not immediate. It's a slow process, just like making pickles is a slow process. Will you be perfect by tomorrow? No. Will you have it all figured out by tomorrow? No. Will you be perfect by the end of your life? No. but it will come to pass. And what we need to do as a church, as a community, as Christ's Family Church here in the Quad Cities is to do what Pastor Zachary said this week as he and I were talking about this message when he said, trust the process. There is immense faith in the simple act not just of believing what Jesus said, but also trusting him enough to take on his lifestyle. To say, Jesus, I trust you, I give my life to you, and I believe that if I do what you did, I will be made like you. It works, church. These practices work 100% of the time. As we close though there's one more thing about pickles and these practices that I don't think we can afford to miss as a church. And it's that while following a pickle recipe will always render pickles and just as practicing the way of Jesus will always render Christ likeness they are also the only ways you will ever render those results. You'll never get a pickle if all you do is gather the ingredients, the salt, the water, the cucumbers, the alum, the spices. But you never put the cucumbers into the darkness of soaking. And you won't ever get a Christ-like disciple without ever practicing his ways See, church, there's an exclusivity which surrounds Jesus' words in John 15. An exclusivity which says in the words of Jesus himself, apart from me, apart from my ways, apart from my yoke, apart from my path, apart from my lifestyle, apart from my practices, apart from me, you can do nothing. We have a bulletin this morning that has some blanks for you to fill in. They're on the screen, but I like to say it like this. Christ-likeness will never be found on the other side of saying no to the practices of Jesus. But it will always be found on the other side of saying yes to them. Christ Family Church, I believe that God is calling us to something bigger than we can ever imagine something that will outlive us for generations. I believe that God wants to do something in and through us which, when it is all said and done, can only be attributed to Him, to His power and His might and His glory. But make no mistake, it is found in living the life Jesus lived. Truly, I say to you this morning, this is what Jesus died for and rose from the grave for. Not that we would only claim to be Christians, not that we would just believe what Jesus said, but that we might live as such and transform this world into his kingdom on earth as a result. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the call and the invitation to be made like you. Thank you for inviting us into that space. For loving us so much that you would long for a relationship with every single one of us. That you would give your life to ensure its possibility. Father, I pray that we would give ourselves over to the spiritual practices of Jesus, that we would take up the yoke of Jesus's lifestyle, that we would seek every day, not perfectly, not 100% by any long shot, but that we would slowly and persistently seek to live more and more and more like Jesus every single day. That we would pray, that we would fast that we would Sabbath with our family and friends, that we would open up your word, seeking to be more like you, Lord Jesus, every single day that we do so. And in that spirit, we pray your words, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Hey again, we hope that you enjoyed that teaching from Spencer and being a part of what God is doing here at Christ Family Church. If you'd like to come visit us in person sometime, we meet every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. And if you'd like more information on our church, you can head over to ChristFamilyChurch.org. Once again, thanks so much for joining us. Have a great week.